Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another Pop Culture Cosmos PCC Multiverse. It's the state of pro wrestling. Thanks so much for joining us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Please go ahead and check us out each and every day right there on Facebook where you get the latest news and trends of pop culture. Plus also as well our awesome podcasts and radio shows all over the world right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But it wouldn't be a state of pro wrestling without my good friend indeed you got to go ahead and catch him today at of course the pbdcast.com where he has an amazing array of shows that you got to check out today it is john orlando with the clean look there i can't believe it <laughs> very you know it's got it's like very neat i feel like i'm underdressed i'm, I'm you know i'm just like got the you hat know. on so yeah my gosh how you been my friend I'm doing well, and I know your the viewers and listeners will probably be shocked to know that I am not wearing a hat because I actually combed my hair today. So okay. uh, <laughs> while so running you're one errands, up on I, me. you're one up on me. Yeah, you know. So running errands, I thought I'd, I'd put a comb through the hair so you know I wouldn't look so scuzzy. Um, by the way, congratulations to Las Vegas, Vegas Golden Knights winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, Thank you. I know that uh, you are a fan, and it was a heck of a series, Florida and uh, Vegas. And, I mean, I had Vegas coming maybe second. I, I had picked Edmonton coming out of the West, but Ed, uh, Vegas was right there. But uh, kudos to the Golden Knights. Well done. I know I heard you on your show. So uh, <laughs> that, um, But Connor McDavid, you know, everybody seems to be infatuated him with him and, the, and his play, and there's a good reason why he's such a great player. But I will say, though, that the Knights were a well-made team. Mm -hmm. And in the end, the team beat the superstar player or players. You know, you talk about what went on with, with Florida and who they have and how they beat, beat uh, you know, those singular players. They had a, a team. It just reminds me about how team sports ultimately is about the team and mm -hmm. just so well built uh from every angle and i'm so happy for most for the community of las vegas uh because the las vegas community after the tragedies that have had uh, you know in recent years especially the the big one at the mandalay bay i won't go into depths on that it just it seems that the golden knights since their inception have been a way for this community to come together and I know people saying, well, yeah, six years, it's so soon. You guys uh, don't deserve it. You know, yes, this community deserves. If you understand what this community is all about, having no pro sports, having every semblance of pro sports seemingly fail here in this city beforehand, I will say that right now that I'm really, really happy for this community. So I appreciate uh, everyone's uh, thoughts and supports on that. I know that everybody out there is not the biggest hockey fan in the world. We're talking pro wrestling, so we'll get back to that. But thank you, my friend, Golden Knights. Uh, I do love them and do support them and do and I'm happy for the community on that. But it is the state of pro wrestling. One thing Las Vegas does is support pro wrestling with a tremendous amount of support for that with from all the different promotions over the years that have come and still come even today to pro wrestling but 
I want to go ahead and touch on what's going on first this weekend with the WWE. When we're going to go ahead and air this, it is going to be WWE's, of course, famous Money in the Bank. I still want to say King of the Ring around this time of the year, my friend, because that's, I really think, the best, one of the best shows that they actually have. But they were in the process of, of actually uh, doing it, and then they decided to go ahead and back out because it was going to Saudi Arabia. So they are going to do, though, Money in the Bank here coming up this weekend. And it just had me thinking when I was on the road thinking about Money in the Bank, and God help me because I was, but I wanted to ask your thoughts on this, my friend. When it comes to where you think the direction should go for the WWE, uh, I know that there were some names out there that you and I both think that maybe should get this opportunity for Money in the Bank, but in essence should also get this opportunity to possibly lead the company down the road. We have... Seth Rollins, who's done an amazing job, but with his role in Captain America, New World Order, or the, the actually the new name for it that's come, you know, that they're going to rename that they renamed it to Captain America for coming out next year. He's got a role in that. His eyes are starting to wander towards other opportunities. You saw him on Good Morning America earlier this week with, with his wife Becky Lynch. Then you see Roman Reigns. You see that that bloodline breakup storyline, which, you know, what, three years ago they were broken up. Now they were together. Then they're now broken up again. How much more we could take care, you know, and, and deal with that as far as Roman Reigns as a part-time champion, basically showing up just to do interviews. Your thoughts, my friend, where this company stands heading into Money in the Bank and did you have any ideas on who might lead the company if you don't like where they're going already? Well, I do have a few folks. In fact, I think we we picked the number five, five folks that we think should probably be at this point getting a push, getting some momentum behind them. And I I'll ask you, though, I'll ask you, though, how far do you think that push should go? OK, Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I agree with you. I think Seth Rollins has his antenna up, so to speak, about what other possibilities are out there. I mean, he was in one of those Sharknado movies, too. We forgot to mention uh, he had a bit part in one of those. And now he's with Captain America franchise. So I, I'm not saying that he's probably going to be the next John it's Cena. It's Brave New Rock. World. I just want to make sure it's Captain oh, okay. America, Brave New World. It was New World Order, but they didn't like the... I don't think they minded the connotations to the NWO of the 1990s. I think it just because has a larger connotations to World War II and, and other things. I think that's why they they changed the name to it. So um, it is Brave New World on that form. But yes, he is. Uh, I think one of the henchmen, uh, part of a a gang that's uh, out to get Anthony Mackie's Captain America. So I think that uh, the WWE, as we've said many times on this show, the WWE has failed to plan for such a circumstance by building other people. So I think if you're going to start building people, uh, now is the time to start doing that. Start building and pushing people. They have showcased quite a few new faces on Raw and on mm -hmm. SmackDown. They've, they've done a great job bringing them up, but they all just kind of seem to be eh stuck in this weird, you know, with the exception of maybe Braun Breaker, the rest of them, they're all in this kind of weird 
I don't know. I want to say and I disagree with you on Braun ba- Breaker because the fact that Braun Breaker has not only lost his NXT title, lost the rematch, lost on a very one of the most uh, watched NXT shows to Seth Rollins. I think he's lost a little bit of that zip, and I think that was a mistake by the WWE. Okay, uh, I you know I, I I disagree. I think he still has some momentum yet. If they give him another loss then yes, then all that I, I'm going to agree with you. If there's another loss, if there's another stumble with him, even if it's a bad promo. Is it time for I, him to go to the main roster full-time? I don't know. I don't know. I can't say. I can't say. Um, I mean, there's been worse call-ups. So, I mean, <laughs> I know that's Well, what not, does he have left to do in NXT? He has nothing else to do. He has nothing left. Absolutely none. And the only thing that he could do is, find a tag partner and compete for the tag titles. But at this point, who who would fit that bill is my question. And I don't think there's anybody that, that could right at this moment. Um, I so just, I, I think he's stuck in purgatory, so to speak. And, and that's why I think a great call up for him, but you have to give him a major push and you have to do it right away to kind of like gloss over his recent losses to go ahead and make sure that he position him as I think, a, a powerful force, uh, even if you don't want to push him right away, two, three years down the road, I do think he's going to be a top-level star if you play it smart. And and I think maybe, too, the losses and now they're turning him heel and he's more aggressive. I think that that is another reason why I don't think that those losses were so traumatic to his uh, career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with you. He's got in two or three years, he should be a, a top tier main event guy all right maybe not gunning for the world title all the time but he's in that talk in that consideration absolutely intercontinental or u.s champion for numerous times if not for a long run i can see with with braun breaker uh but at this point i think they have to start really focusing on how they're going to push him i've got a suggestion first off and i'm going to go ahead and it's pretty obvious where my head is at right now and it concerns someone who has the momentum. You and I have seen in the recent past with Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn, someone having a huge amount of momentum, getting the cheers, getting the reactions, which is supposed to be what this business is all about. The business that you're very familiar with working behind the scenes, get the reactions, get the reactions. We've seen Sami Zayn and we've seen also as well, Cody Rhodes get those kind of reactions within the last calendar year, but not given the, I guess, the the final push, the final impetus to give them the title belt, to give them the chance to go ahead and try to lead this company. We both, at I think in one of our, or two or three of our state of pro <laughs> wrestlings have bemoaned the fact that they have not been given the chance or opportunity to do so. Well, lo and behold, this weekend at Money in the Bank, L.A. Knight is going <laughs> to have a chance and opportunity with others to go ahead and capture the Money in the Bank, which could lead to an extended storyline on where he goes and who he challenges with. Your thoughts on L.A. Knight's rise, which after 20 years in the business has finally happened, and I'm happy for him because after 20 yeah. years, he's finally yes. getting his opportunity it, in recent interviews, the WWE, certain members of WWE, when they brought him up from NXT, thought he was too old mm-hmm. to give him a push. 
and gave him that Max Dupree character with the maximum male models that he absolutely, you could tell in interviews, he could not stand. Decided that it wasn't going to work out. Vince McMahon left power for a time. Uh, Triple H decided to bring and revert him back to LA Knight, which is more of himself. Has now basically since then uh, clicked with the audience, given some tremendous interviews, reminding people in his style with the catchphrases. <laughs> Alan's right there. Yeah. But I will say with the catchphrases, has really hearkened memories of The Rock. So I want to hear your thoughts on if L.A. Knight is on the verge of getting a huge push and how far should you take it? I think that not only just The Rock, I think his promos and his catchphrases is a throwback to that late 90s where everybody had a catchphrase. And and, and it's refreshing because you look for that. You, you knew that that was kind of the icing on the cake when that promo was wrapping up, no matter if it was Austin or The Rock or whomever. Uh, I think L.A. Knight is somebody that has managed to get himself over with the crowd by doing incredible work. I mean, he worked his tail off uh, to, to get himself and the L.A. Knight character over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love his interview the, earlier this week with Logan, you know, where he went off on Logan Paul. Yes. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Yes. And, and see, I, here's the problem. Much like Sami Zayn, much like Cody Rhodes, we, we, you and I see the potential that LA Knight has or these, any of these other individuals have. But for some reason, just for some reason, they fail to kind of pull the trigger to use an expression on some of these individuals. And I think LA Knight might fall into that. For some reason, they're going to find a reason why not to, to, to push him. And that's a sad, sad thing because the guy's incredibly talented. Yeah. He's got personality. And you know what? I'll, I'll be honest. I never watched him in Impact because uh, I think that was the time that Impact was shuffled off into the upper 200s of your cable system. And I never As, never as Eli Drake. As yes. Eli Drake. Correct. And never never saw him there. So I really wish I could have because I'm curious to see how the evolution of this character came to be. But nonetheless, talented guy. He needs a push. You got to do it right now. Do I think he wins m- Money in the Bank? No, I don't. Because I am 100% in agreement as to what many people are saying when it comes to who wins the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. And right or wrong, I still am sticking with my decision. And I, I think, real quickly, just throw it out there, I think they put the briefcase in the hands of Logan Paul. Which I think would be a mistake. Because I do too. I- you know, Logan Paul can draw just by himself. He doesn't need it. Uh, and plus, as a part-timer, as a true part-timer, who's not a wrestler full-time or who has not ever been a wrestler full-time, I'm not sure I feel comfortable leading my company with someone who can have, uh, uh, you know, mistakes at any point in time. He's been doing great so far. Give him all the credit in the world. He's actually treated this very seriously. And he, He's done a great job in the matches that he's been in. But, you know, it's so hard to go ahead and say, is he going to be the face of your company? Is he going to commit to it? Because he's got so many things going on outside of what, you, what you know, is, is going on with his YouTube channel and all the other stuff that he's doing. L.A. Knight has got the crowd reactions and has got the chance and opportunity to go ahead and do this. And I th- really think that L.A. Knight is someone that, 
you know, he's a good worker. Uh, I like you. I didn't see a whole lot of his years in impact. So I went back with the oh. rise of LA Knight. I've gone okay. back and watched hours and hours of his work. Uh, obviously the evolution of dummy and obviously the evolution of, yeah, I watched his stuff from pro wrestling from Hollywood. I've watched NWA from Hollywood. I watched, you know, a lot of his stuff from impact. A lot of his stuff is global force champion. I've watched a lot of stuff to see how much he's changed. And actually this is not too far off from the character that he's had over the past decade. It's just finally clicking with a large audience. And I'm so happy for him because again, he was thought to be too old in some circles. I'm glad the fact that he is finding his niche finally after so many years. And it's just a shame to see that if it does happen, uh, you know, if it does happen, he's given a push that again, like Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn, I would just be so sad for him if it falls just short again. I really think that he has got what that je ne sais quoi. He's got that that crowd reaction. You bottle that up and you make him a superstar. Or excuse me, I'm sorry, the megastar. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and if you you asked about where I would see LA Knight maybe if he was on my list of top 5, sadly I don't see him. I see him in the lower mid card. I have a sad feeling about that. I don't wow. want to see that. I don't. I, 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 I will say this again. I don't want to see that. I want to see him as a top tier guy. I just got this feeling that from you look at history, history repeats itself. And you look at the history of what the WWE's done with these very talented individuals that come in and they don't do anything with them. And they, the track record is not good. Um, I agree. And, and I agree with you. I think it's a mistake to put the, 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 the briefcase with Logan Paul, but I think that they look at it as all the exposure he can give them uh, with his that. YouTube channel. And, that, and I understand that, but I don't think it's the right call either. I, I agree with you. That was the exact same uh, sentiment I had was the guy is way too busy. It's way, he's way too busy to be a money in the bank winner. Because he'll cash it in and we'll go, oh, yeah, he had that briefcase that he won a year ago. We totally forgot about it because he's been in and out, in and out, in and out. Yeah. And and the thing is, though, what are your plans with Roman Reigns? Is he going to face The Rock? Is he going to face Logan Paul? You don't need a title for both Mm-mm. those guys at this point Mm-mm. to go ahead and do so. I really think that at some time you need someone who's going to be at the house shows to try and draw those house shows. And I think with the kind of push that he's getting and the kind of crowd reactions, you should cash in on L.A. Knight and get him the title and give him the, the forefront because you've already blown it with Cody Rhodes, in my opinion. You've already blown it with Sami Zayn. You already have them doing, you know, in Sami Zayn's case, you have doing jobs. Cody Rhodes, you're still trying to survive and, and have him still battle out with Brock Lesnar. So you're trying to draw that out because there's another match, I'm sure, down the road between those two. So, okay, you might still have a chance with him. But, yeah, it just seems to me that 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 LA Knight, to me, is the option you need to run with in order to bring in more audiences and more eyes right now on a regular basis as opposed to Logan Paul, who just does it on a once-in-a-while basis. 
Mm-hmm. Agreed. 100%. So did you have another name in mind? Let's say LA Knight's not the answer. Cody Rhodes is not the answer. Sami Zayn is not the answer. You know, we talked about your choice as well. Logan Paul and all that. You're, you're, do you have another name in mind that you might think, or Braun Breaker, do you have another name in mind that you might see getting a, a large push here very soon? Uh, I'm going to go on the lady side of things. I think Zoe Stark is going to get a major push coming out of Money in the Bank. I think that they did a very smart thing in bringing her up, pairing her with Trish. So mm-hmm. Trish could, you know, interact with her and make those promos more watchable. I think Zoe Stark is pretty solid in the ring. Uh, I like heel Zoe Stark much better than babyface. Uh, and you Stark, saw, but... well, you saw how that worked out as far as the last time she had an understudy. Yes, absolutely. That um, And that led to a, a nice long, what, year plus angle between those two. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that Mickey Zoe James Stark... is who I'm referring to everyone out there. Yes. Yes. Mickey James and Trish Stratus. I think that Zoe Stark's got all the tools to be successful in the women's division. I think she has the size. She has the power. She has the look. She needs to fine tune the character a little bit. All right. There are sometimes I I get a little, uh, I wince a little bit at some of her promos, Mm -hmm. you know, especially like, I know there was one a couple of weeks ago where she started by herself and then Trish joined her. Uh, I think she's got it. I think she will be one that you could certainly, I mean, you already have a stacked women's roster with Charlotte Flair now kind of returning, even though, but, which I failed to mention, I, I hated how they just gave Charlotte Flair and Logan Paul a shot in the money in the bank. I'm like, I agree. What's, what's the point of these matches then that I have w- wasted my life watching? Especially, if if, especially if Bianca Belair, uh, you know, and you know, I'm a big fan of Asuka and I do like how the fact that she's had the title, but she's not been able to do pretty much any interviews, which I'm really kind of sad because she used to do them, you know, with, with Japanese and, and you really still the, the charisma when she speaks, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what language comes out. And then the fact that Bianca Belair lost the title and has not gotten a rematch that doesn't make logistical sense. You give it away to someone else uh, that, and, and the fact that someone else actually in, in Charlotte Flair actually lost to Rhea Ripley. Why don't you send her over to raw which actually needs more ladies on the roster that can go ahead and compete at a top level in order to do that, just that. And that's why I think that Zoe Stark could plug in very nicely right there. So then you would have Rhea Ripley, you'd have Gonzalez and you'd have uh, a Zoe Stark and you'd have a, a very good solid top three, so to speak um, in, in that, on that roster. And then you could build in if they could, you know, build in with some other talent you know, that maybe eventually when Tiffany Stratton's done her run, they could fill in with her on Raw, and then you start building a very good, solid base for your women's division. Okay, well, that's that's a good suggestion there. I'm going to say that they're looking at possibly, speaking of uh, some of the tremendous Japanese athletes, especially on the female side in the WWE, Io Sky is an individual that they are close to, I think, giving a push. You already see that there's possibility of a breakup between her and Bailey and the rest of Damage Control. I think that EO Sky and Asuka, they have a connection. I love the fact when they have their, their they've only done it a couple of times when they have their back and forth on the mic in Japanese. It's just so tremendous. The fans actually get into it. It's kind of great to see. And she's such a great athlete. I think that she will probably uh, have a great chance at, in fact, she's listed right now as the favorite for winning the women's money in the bank. 
your thoughts on EO Sky and the kind of push that they could give her. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest. You kind of caught me with this one off guard. Uh, I know I've seen she's, what they've been she, doing, but she's I, the, she's right now a little bit ahead on the odds right now as far as the okay. to win. I just, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you 100%. I, I've seen the interviews. I've seen the backstage segments with Bailey. I just, I kind of just didn't really put much thought to him, to be honest, Gerald. I mean, uh, yes, she's incredibly talented in the ring. Um, her stuff with Asuka. It, you know, when they argue in Japanese, I agree with you on that as well. I just wonder, though, with EO Sky, does she have the ability to adjust and work with just about anybody? Or is she just got that one high-flying Japanese style that may not mix well with some opponents? Oh, we'll see. I mean, Asuka does not have that high flying style. She mainly keeps it on the ground. She's submission based and she's able to, as you've seen over the course of many years, she's been able to have tremendous matches with many wrestlers and many backgrounds uh, with EO sky. We'll see because it's, it's leading to a breakup of damage control. Mm-hmm. You can obviously see it yes. coming. I mean, and we've seen this like a gazillion times in pro wrestling with the slowed, turn and the slow breakup coming that you can see in a mile away so we get that eos guy is going to be turning on uh, bailey and that's going to lead to a a feud between those two so i i, will, I think that'll probably be a, a determination because bailey would be the the stepping stone to see if eos guy can go forward Good point. And I would love to see Asuka versus eos guy i think that that would be an amazing match like make yeah. no bones about it with those two contrast, contrasting styles and just the, the the intensity that they could bring to that match, I would love to see it. So I hope I hope we do. I hope we get to see that match because that would be a barn burner, as they would say. Uh, I I wish uh, I don't know what the status is of Mako Satomura was, but if you go on YouTube and you search out her against Asuka's former name Kana. And you search out those matches; those were sensational matches. I would have loved to have seen those two in a WWE match and go give them 15 minutes and see what what you could do there with those two. But Eos Guy and Oscar would be a tremendous matchup. I don't know exactly how well they would push it at the WWE because I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I'm not exactly in love with the kind of uh, things that they've been doing for Oscar. You know, keeping her somewhat silent on the on the mic. I'm not exactly thrilled with the way that that they've pushed her this time around with the title. In fact, I, every title reigns, I've, I've had issues with the way they've, they've actually marketed it for her. But again, I think that Eos guy and, and Asuka in the ring, I don't think would be a bad match at all by any stretch. So that's just a name I throw out there at you. Who would be the next one for you? I think the next individual uh, that is also in the men's Money in the Bank uh, ladder match, Damian Knight. I think the time has come. Damian Priest, seeing... you mean. What did I say? Damian Knight. <laughs> well, you got LA yeah. in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Damian Priest, that's right. I think that we're seeing the uh, the breakup of the new, uh, not the new day, of Judgment Day. And, you know, with, with the way that he has been interacting with Finn Balor, I think they're starting to push him a little bit more. I also think he's got all of the tools. Uh, promos have gotten better. Still think they could be... Still next level. I think he has another level to get to with those promos. But overall, I mean, I, I'll be honest. Whatever. Six, seven years ago, Punishment Martini, I would, or 
whatever, Martinez, Punishment Martinez. When he came on Ring of Honor, turned the channel. Didn't care about that guy. I didn't, didn't care about him. But I do care about Damian Priest. That guy's worked really hard to get a character and to get a personage, uh, to, to, to just get uh, the gimmick over, whatever phrase you want to use. And he's excelled. And I think that, you know, he did the match with Bad Bunny. And that showed the folks in the front office that he's a team player. And I think that we're going to see a little more of a push with Damian Priest going forward. I've got two more, my friend, that I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out on here. And uh, the first one, I'm not going to, I'm going to tell you, I'll leave the last one. That's going to be a big surprise for you. And that uh, Gunther, Gunther, I don't think it's a big surprise at all because he's had the Intercontinental Championship uh, almost a record amount, uh, you know, as he's had, and it probably will pass the honky tonk man, I think is who's the, the longest, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, mm-hmm. he's, you know, I think that that's inevitable at this point. Uh, I just think that he's had some great matches and, and I love the Imperium uh, heel outfit that he has with his henchmen, uh, you know, slash tag team that's behind him and all that. I really think it's worked out for him. If you could give him the next step, will this company give him the next step as a heel champion, as a healed world champion, defeating Seth Rollins? Or I don't think he would. I, I would like to see a matchup between him and Roman Reigns. I think that would be interesting as far as a hard-hitting matchup because you know Gunther is such a physical presence inside the ring. I wouldn't mind seeing him at, with a heel run as a champion. I would love to see him with a heel uh, run as the champion. Or the top I champion, I should say. Yes, yes. The world champion or a universal champion or whatever, whatever they're calling yeah. the best belt. Eh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> the, day, the weekly belt, the one that's you know, displayed every week <laughs> or the one that's uh, displayed on a, a monthly basis over Paul Heyman's shoulder. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. Uh, I would love to see uh, Gunther get that. I don't see them pulling the trigger on that. I don't I, see that, that Gunther's probably even not. going... No, I don't even see him getting a to use a, to use another old timey phrase. He doesn't even get a sniff of that title. I don't think. I think for whatever reason, they they being the the front office of WWE, they're a little bit hesitant. I don't know why. It, mm-hmm. It's a great great character. I know that the one guy Vinci is injured, so that does mm-hmm. kind of take away from the group. But I think uh, Kaiser's done a fantastic job. Uh, in his role as well as being the lackey. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Once again, it is John Orlando from the PVD cast. It is our state of pro wrestling for June, July here in 2023. Alan's asking about Pretty Deadly. Uh, He says they're entertaining. They've come up recently to the main roster after uh, having quite a bit of success at NXT. I see good things from both of them. They're very annoying. Along with Austin Theory, they make a good triumvirate together. As far as young wrestlers up and coming, uh, as far as with that annoying heel gimmick that they have, I see them getting a title run. Uh, I don't know if you could actually put them in a spot where they're leading the company and drawing in that that kind of crowd or audience, but I do see them with a title run, possibly even beating Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I'm going to be honest, this is another tag team that I haven't seen a ton of their work. From what I've seen, 
yes, that annoying, just mouthy, slimy type of heel character works. They're like a current uh, Bushwhackers team. You know, it, back in the day, you knew the Bushwhackers weren't winning the tag belts. But they were there. I, I do build see teams. them winning the tag belts. I do see them winning the tag belts because the WWE are is so free with the tag belts. I do see them winning it at some point, getting a like oh, a, a cheap win, a cheap win, getting a cheap run. Uh, how far they take them is is yet to be seen. They are slight a build comparative to other wrestlers, so I don't know if that's going to kinder their progress because you know how Vince McMahon loves his big guys. So I, I just think that Pretty Deadly, though, with their gimmick is very annoying to the audience and it does get a reaction and it gets the reaction that they're looking at. And I do think that a title run is in their future. I think that they will get a title run, but I think it's one and done. And I, I it, it, they'll hold it two weeks, three weeks from one pay-per-view to the next pay-per-view. And then, and then, as I said, they're relegated to the bushwhacker uh, position, you know, just putting teams over. I think Pretty Deadly as a heel smarmy team that they are i really think that there is good signs for them they're young i think that they are going to get more than one title run at some point in time just because you regurgitate and just comes back around something will happen as far as with a certain angle that hits or a certain storyline or they get in favor with a certain writer or they get vince mcmahon likes it for some reason you know i'm not the biggest fan of austin theory but i get his smarminess as well and i just think that that you know they've been very fond of Austin Theory and trying to push him as a alternate MJF for this company. I really think Pretty Deadly will fit along those lines as well. Mm, okay. The last name on my list is going to probably surprise you, but he is getting some of the best reactions on the planet. And it's a kid who actually lives in real life here in Las Vegas. Uh, actually, a lot of the WWE wrestlers too. And that is Dominic Mysterio. And oh. you, might, you might say that's laughable because of, you know, his, his build. He's not the muscle man. He's not, not the small flyer. He's like a little combination of both. He, you know, he's probably not going to defeat Cody Rhodes. He's probably going to lose this Sunday at Money in the Bank. But the thing is, the losses don't affect him as far as the reaction to him as a crowd because of his feud with his father. Everybody likes to see him get beat over and over and over. And the best way to go ahead and turn that around is if he gets a fluke opportunity and a fluke win at a championship. Similar to what we saw that I just mentioned with the Honky Tonk Man. The Honky Tonk Man, you did not believe was going to ever become an intercontinental champion when he came into the WWE. And he ended up beating Ricky Steamboat. And he ended up defending it longer than anyone else because of that gimmick that he had your thoughts on Dominic Mysterio and the opportunity, because the fact is he's getting so much bad reaction boos and, and, and jeers right now. The fact he doesn't even have to speak and people hate his guts. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. That's not who I thought you were going to mention. I, I'll I be honest with you. Um, I knew you knew that would surprise. I me. actually, when I give my final one, uh, I will say <laughs> that uh, there was, I, that's who I thought you were. I thought you and I were going to agree basically on my last pick, but I, I'm not Dominic saying I won't agree. Who says, I no, won't who agree? knows? Who knows? Uh, Dominic Mysterio is a heat magnet right now. Oh, and... no. let Dom talk. Let Dom talk. <laughs> I mean, uh, yes, he does not have the ability of his dad. 
yes, he doesn't have the size of somebody like a Santo Escobar, okay, or somebody like that that's that's comparable in in, in his style, if you will. But I think that he, I think he could be the one that five years from now we're talking about him uh, in that mid solid mid card heel, or probably by that point babyface because I'm sure that they they will have him reunite with dad because we know that's going to happen. We know yeah. that this is a matter of time. Uh, but I could see him solid mid card guy, absolutely. But um, his pairing with Rhea Ripley only makes it stronger, almost like a Triple H China type deal. Rhea Ripley, you know how he runs into her arms, you know when something bad happens. As far as he jumps and she's holding him, they they work very and they play very well off each other. It just clicks right now for those two, and I think the fact that she's so dominant as a world champion only helps his case as a cowardly heel. Okay, yes, I agree wholeheartedly with you on that one. Um, but as I said, it'll be interesting to see after Cody who do they put him with. Like, what, what feud is he going to be in? Does he also get involved in this, what I mentioned, a little bit of the dissension between Balor and Priest? Are, will they be spun off, they being Rhea and Dom? Or are they going to be involved in this storyline? And we're going to have a civil war, if you will, again, this time with, um, uh, instead of the bloodline, it'll be the Judgment Day. Um, I don't know. But I, I mean, I think that's a solid reasoning behind Dom Mysterio being somebody that they could elevate. I just think he's going to get a, a shot to repeat the history that, like you said, because this industry repeats itself all the time. And I wouldn't say that's a bad idea to go ahead while you have so much heat on him to go ahead and have a run similar to what we've seen with the Honky Tonk Man with one of the U.S. title or intercontinental mm-hmm. title. If you don't really like what what Gunther or you got bigger plans for Gunther or if you have bigger plans for Austin Theory, so we'll see. I just think right now he's more of a heat magnet than Austin Theory has ever been, despite what you know Vince McMahon or some others might say. I just think he's he's done if because I think they're similar ages, Dominic and and Austin. And right now, I'd say the better future is with Dominic. Well, and then you have to also figure out you still have time right now to get that belt off of Austin if you didn't want to do Theory versus Dom to get that belt off onto somebody else as a transitional champ and then have Dom beat them in a very fluke manner. Absolutely. And then go running into the arms (laughs) of Rhea Ripley. Absolutely. Indeed. But I've said my piece on my individuals, I think that have a possibility on, on getting a major push that might help the company's uh, fortunes even more. Your thoughts, my friend, on someone that you think, might be able to go ahead and do just that. You had one more on your list. I have one more. I have one more. And I think that I just mentioned the U.S. title. This guy's in that U.S. title picture. But I really think Bronson Reed, if pushed correctly, could be that monster heel that the WWE is kind of missing. Like, he's very reminiscent of Bam Bam Bigelow. And he moves around the ring quite well. He's got the size. He's got the devastating finisher. He's just bad uh, on the mic. He's just bad he, on yes. The mic. I said that's the only thing is he needs a manager. He needs a Heyman. He needs somebody that to speak for him, and and he would be the perfect that the, the character would be perfect for mouthpiece because you think of all the the monsters we've had in the past, and they've always had a mouthpiece. The Giant had Jimmy Hart and Kevin Sullivan, and and you had King Kong Bundy had Bobby Heenan, and et cetera, et cetera. If you could find somebody to do that, 
I mean, I don't know who that would be if somebody was going to be asking me who that would be. I don't know. Maybe an MVP because we haven't seen him in forever. I don't know. But nonetheless, I think he could be a huge heel if pushed correctly. And again, push him to the mid-level. You know, a world champion? No, I think he could could compete at the world championship level, just never win the title, but be a very strong mid-card heel. I have a feeling. Well, I, I, if I was, I would actually repackage him and Rick Boogs, who absolutely has one of the worst gimmicks with the tassels on his as his shoes. I, what is up with that? I mean, that's so Ultimate Warriors 1990s. I mean, you you lassoed him with that, and he loses every week, even though the guy is probably stronger than anyone else in the company. Uh, I, I would repackage those two together as a tag team. They would Ooh. actually be monsters as a tag team. I. I really think that the WWE has missed its mark because, you know, they have Bronson Reed winning and losing. And then you have uh, always Rick Boogs because he has the last name Boogs. I mean, my gosh, that that in its, of itself is just, a, you know, just kind of uh, <laughs> bad right there when you slap that whole gimmick on him and the look and all that. I would repackage them both as a tag team because I think they would be monsters. You know what? How about Braun Breaker and Rick Boogs? There, absolutely. Either one of those phenomenal tag team. That would be great. I would, I would agree. I mean, the thing is, you know, they are so strong. Those three, I would, any one of those three, I think would be, uh, you know, you put them together in a, in a tag team. I really think that you're going to have to, and plus whatever flaws that you have about them all on the mic, because they are all a little bit, even Braun Breaker to an extent, Braun Breaker is not the greatest. He's not, he's better than his father on the mic but he's not as good as his uncle and his uncle <laughs> at you know for wherever you want to say it, it could be an epic fail he was comfortable on the mic i'll, I'll give you that you know he might not have uh, actually always said the best of things and, and but you know he got reactions off the mic and and braun is not there yet uh so i think that any one of those three if you package them together i think you're right that would be a good choice so mm-hmm. cool if you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. It is once again the state of pro wrestling. It is Gerald Glassford along with John Orlando for the PVD cast. Thanks so much for watching listening. Before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and mention AEW's Forbidden Door. And Forbidden Door just happened this past week. One of the big successes for the company is one of the largest gates in all of Canada for quite some time. They really had a, a successful showing and some great matches there. I know you got a little chance to go ahead and see and, and uh, you know understand what went on with that. Truly outstanding matches with Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega, with Will Ospreay winning that one and winning the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, and Brian Danielson defeating Kazuchika Okada by submission in a tremendous match. Both those matches well over 20 minutes. 
truly tremendous, uh, you know, almost, you know, five-star matches, if you want to say. I do know that Brian Danielson broke his arm 10 minutes into the match and still finished through the match without any problems. As far as it's concerned, he'll be out for a couple months at least. But your thoughts, I really wanted to go in into that. You could go a little bit, but I really want to go into the fact that the fact that AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling got together to do this is just a welcome sign for the industry. I love the fact that also you have uh, wrestlers from Mexico also interacting quite a bit with AEW. I love when interpromotional matches happen, when when wrestlers from other companies work with each other. I just think it's a good sign for the industry. We saw this quite a bit in the 80s and a little bit in the 90s. Are you glad to see AEW Forbidden Door as far as at least the concept behind it and what it can, where it can go from there? I like the concept. In fact, truth be told, I really wanted to watch the pay-per-view, but I was on vacation and that was not an option for me. Uh, I did read up on it. I watched some of the clips that are out there on YouTube. And I, I do like this, but I feel like just one small little negative about this whole pay-per-view event. I don't know if, and again, if you're trying to build casual fans who then will turn into hardcore fans, I think that they should have done a little bit of a better job of really promoting the New Japan stars. I think that I AEW takes for, for granted that, oh, everyone, we you love know who Kazushi, Yeah, you know Kazushika yeah. Okada. You, yeah, you know right. uh, Tanahashi. You know them all. Yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah, and I, I feel like that was the only negative thing that I could say. Besides, also, again, my same complaints on every pay-per-view with AEW. Why do we need 12 matches? We don't. Please stop doing that. Uh, cause it makes it a five hour show and it, that becomes daunting, but I digress on that. Um, I, yeah, I feel like I liked interpromotional, uh, you, you know, pairings or whatnot when, when ECW would bring in FMW guys or vice versa, or go back even further to the eighties when you had pro wrestling America, where you had Nick Bockwinkle taking on, you know, Rick Martell for the AWA title. And then you'd have Backlund and, and flair on some other, you know, shows back in the 80s. So I, I always liked that. I always thought that was cool. I, again, I think that the thing that is different about them is that the build was always better. You know, the build for any wrestler coming into a territory was always done much better than it is today. But uh, bottom line, I, I, it looked like it was fantastic. All of my friends that watched it agree that Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega was a fantastic match, although... Man, oh man, did that Tiger Driver 93 look like that was not fun to take. Yes. And yeah. they say <laughs> and he is okay. They say he is okay. Yeah, we, but man, that was a scary move. And yes. and then you follow that up with Di, uh, Brian Danielson breaking his arm. You know, as you said, 10 minutes into the match, you know, I think that, again, maybe uh, safety should be – I know the broken arm can happen to anybody. I understand that. But that Tiger Driver, man, maybe – Tony says, hey, guys, let's try not to hurt each other out there with these fantastical moves. Let's make sure we're being safe. But Well, we are going to be seeing a little bit more of that when they have the big event in London. I'm so happy for the company because they've gotten over 66,000 people to buy into it already. I believe it's all in coming up in London later this year in at Wembley Stadium. So they do have 66,000. They're already guaranteed the largest gate ever for, for AEW on that. So they will have a third match between Will Ospreay and and uh, Kenny Omega, so that I'm I'm glad to see that that will take place. It's so funny though that I that the like 
you know, he won the IWGP US Championship in Canada. So that's a great place to go ahead and defend the. I, I just always cracks me up when these, these like you know the North American title is defended in Europe. I always love that you know when those those things like that happen. It's just like okay, does somebody realize that you're not in the same country that the title is originating from? But okay, <laughs> be that as it may, I do think that there will be a rubber match between those two at in London, and I'm looking forward to that. And of course, that's going to be a great event. Happy for the company there again. Sixty six thousand have already paid uh, in advance, and that is just a tremendous uh, buy in. I think it proves that this this industry can thrive with more than just the WWE at the top of the food chain. Agreed. Again, though, I will also say I only watched part of Dynamite, probably about the first 45 minutes. I didn't watch a lot last night. I had other things going on. But it seemed to me that they didn't really follow up with too many of the angles that came out of the well, that, and that's you. that's that's the problem because of the fact it's an interpromotional yeah. type thing the new japan they just pack up their bags and leave for a couple of months until you hopefully have them intertwined again in london it's just the fact that okay oh okay they had their inner promotional matches they're no longer in a promotional matches dealing with it so they, they they pack up and leave and go back to wherever there's a you know whether it's japan or california or wherever they're having their next series of matches that's the problem that's the disconnectivity that you have with these interpromotional things is just that once that big card is done they seem like they're done for a little while right because last night i don't think there's anything mentioned other than jungle boy and and hook that storyline which that, that's, that's a that's, that's an aew base that's an aew thing and and honestly that shouldn't have even been mentioned because i don't i personally feel like that match should not have even happened like i i apologize with all due respect to jack perry he did not deserve to get a match against Sonata for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. I'm sorry. People can be mad at me for saying that, but I just don't get it. That's my humble opinion. You know, with these interpromotional matches with IWGP and AEW, I'm looking forward to seeing more of these coming through, not just IWGP, AAA. You know, they're, they're still, despite the fact that, you know, the, the independent scene is not what it once was, there are still plenty of interpromotional matches out there. And I've told you before off camera that I think if you and I were to go ahead and start a company today, I would tell all the wrestlers from Impact, MLW, you know, all these other smaller promotions, hey, let's get together because it is in our best interest to do so. Because apart, you guys are not doing as much as you need to do or much as you can do working separately. But the problem has always been in history is you look at when the AWA in Memphis, you know, got together for Super Clash 3. When you look at uh, when they did Super Clash 2, the AWA and the NWA. When you look at whatever, people's egos get in the way. They lose sight of what always. the ultimate goal is. And they always start thinking about money and talent and who they can take and who they can't take. And that's why it's always failed. And I think that, you know, maybe maybe it's different today. Maybe it'd be much different today. Probably indeed. <laughs> And, you know, with the NWA, MLW, and, you know, all this impact, all these other smaller uh, GCW, you know, all these other smaller companies that want to stay small, seemingly because by what they're doing, they're just accepting the fact that they're small, you know, that that's what it's going to be. If they decide to go ahead and band together, you would build a much stronger base. But, you know, these things logically to me, 
just seem like they're illogical to other due to those individuals there. Mm -hmm. So agreed. Yeah. But before we head on out, my friend, I did get a chance to go ahead and play this week AEW's Fight Forever a video game, which is the first wrestling video game. I, I think there's probably been some other smaller ones, but on that's not named WWE 2K something that's come out in quite some time. The first major release of a wrestling video game to come out in quite some time. It was created and developed by Ukes, who actually previously did the WWE series. The last one they did was 2K19. But they are working with THQ Nordic on this, uh, and it came out this week. It's available on all, all actually, all the play major platforms. You see PC, Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox Series S and X, and, of course, Xbox One as well, which is part of the issue that I have with it when I look at it as far as the visuals, because the visuals, the way it, it's at, it's not a PS5, Xbox, Unreal 5 pop that you can get as, as far as the the dynamics and the the characterizations and the character creation as far as the just the way that they look the wrestlers look it's just not next gen but to me as i told you beforehand i think this is a good start there's still a little bit of shallowness as far as the options you can do whether it's road to elite whether it's creating custom matches whether it's creating custom designs it's not fully fleshed out. It seems to me like there was a budget attached to this game that wasn't high enough that it needed to be. But the thing is, the mechanics are, are good, but not great. But I will say it's a good start. It reminds a lot of people out there what they wanted to emulate was the old No Mercy game. But the problem is, you know, that they were talking about, oh, this reminds me, in fact, some of the wrestlers, oh, this reminds me of No Mercy. This reminds me, this what do we want to design it by like No Mercy and like No Mercy. You know, as you and I know, my friend, you might, you and I might have played No Mercy back in the day, but there are a lot of people that weren't even born when No Mercy came out. <laughs> so, you know, before we go ahead and stress on that, some pretty good mechanics, some pretty good ideas that are into it. A little bit shallow, a little bit short on the story, a little bit shallow here on some of the options. But I will say overall, it's a it's a good start. I will say, though, that Double or Nothing, which I'm assuming would be the title of their AEW's Five Forever, I would I would definitely call it Double or Nothing in the second uh, iteration of this, if they do get to it, would probably be much better because they will learn with what they did now. This is a It's a good start for Ukes and AEW. Can I ask, since you are the expert when it comes to video games, I am not. What would the budget, what could you estimate the budget to be to produce a game like that? What do you think it was? Well, during the uh, FTC lawsuit with Sony and Xbox, uh, they're fighting for control of Xbox acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Uh, it did get out that, uh, let's give you an example of a AAA game. The Last of Us 2 was revealed in court that it cost about $220 million to make. I mean, think of them like blockbuster movies. But... I would say for a game like that, you know, still getting that halfway there, a hundred million dollars putting into that, it would probably be make it to a top shelf. We get a lot of the things. It would check a lot of the boxes. Okay. For that type okay. of type of game, uh, you know, I don't just don't I don't see that type of investment in it. Uh, you know, and and obviously the visuals and some of the representations are, but I do see some of the fun. I do see some of the love. For the industry in this game, I do see some of the enthusiasm and the advice and, and, and things into it. So I do see the imprint on it. I do see the potential for it. But I'm just saying it. what I have right now is a game that 
has a lot of stuff that's missing out of it. And I think that's what is as far as the disappointing factors. But overall, if you just want to take it, let's say I'll meet you online, or if I just we go ahead and play on the couch, I really think that for that purpose of itself, I think it's a lot of fun. Who did you play as? What characters did you pick? Kenny Omega, because I wanted to see his moveset and how they would emulate that. And okay. they do emulate the movesets pretty good. Cody Rose, who was actually in the game, also a little bit of Wardlow as well, wanted to go ahead and, and just check out their movesets. I will be going more extensively, and hopefully I'll be able to stream it here as well in the Pop Culture Cosmos in the not-too-distant future. But I will also want to go ahead and stress that that there are still the same glitches and bugs that you see in every wrestling video game. You're trying to make a move, and it's not actually looking like it's hitting the actual individual. If you make custom moves with a custom-created character, Sometimes they don't work together as far as in a chain like they're supposed to. Uh, little things like that that you see that that do plague the larger WWE series still plague this one. I think you're going to, as long as you're going to have wrestling video games, you're going to have these little small issues. But overall, at the game at its best, it's fun. It's fun, and I okay. think it's, you know, it is a little bit light and a little bit shallow, but there is potential for so much more. All right, cool. You're the first person that's given me a, a good review of it. I, ha- I haven't heard anything from any of my pals about it. Like I said, I'm not a big video game guy. I don't know if I'll ever play it or ever get it. Never been a big video game guy. So I, got, I just got to be honest with you on that. So I think I'm going to give it a seven, seven out of 10. Okay. Right so okay. again, the potential's there for a lot more, but I think it's something that if you would just want to pick it up and play, wait till it goes on discount. And then I think it'll be a lot better value for you. <laughs> okay. But before we leave, my friend, you got to go ahead and give the major pitch. What's okay. going on at the PVD cast? Well, the PVD cast this week, I'm going to be uploading a, a, a small episode that I did for a local independent comic book uh, convention that was here in Columbus, Ohio space, the small press and alternative comics expo. Uh, I'm still working on it. It'll probably go up late because I've been on vacation, folks. I've had a very good vacation, That's but awesome. I was on vacation for a week, and it's hard to get back in the routine. Gerald, you can, you can, you can attest to that, right? I did earlier this month. Absolutely, I know exactly <laughs> how it is. So I'm a little bit behind, but cut me some slack, folks. Uh, definitely check out the PVD cast. In fact, uh, a couple of episodes ago, I had some great comic book writers uh, who are creating a wrestling comic book. I uh, also had Mike Dells, who is a Maryland uh, referee, ring announcer, broadcaster, a huge wrestling fan as well on the show. So check out those episodes. Uh, as I said, the new one's coming here later tonight. And uh, again, pvdcast.com or wherever you find your major podcasts. That's where you can listen. Absolutely. It is the PVD cast. Please go ahead and check it out today, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, my friend... As always, John, great to have you here. Always willing to do what it takes to go ahead and have a state of pro wrestling. It is actually one of our most popular shows on the channel. It is greatly welcome and appreciated. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Before we head into, of course, Money in the Bank weekend. Why don't I have the Money in the Bank? (laughs) Can you climb a ladder? Well, if it's got money in the actual suitcase, absolutely. You'll see me hop, skip, and jump up there faster than you can say C-spot run. But, as Jim Ross reminded, how do you learn to fall off a ladder? Bump right. You only have so many bumps on that dance card. But I will say, though, it is great to have you here, my friend. Looking forward to L.A. Knight. Yeah, winning the money in the bank. That's my call. That's my prediction. You think it's Logan Paul. We'll find out who it is, but... 
Once again, my friend, great to have you here. Looking forward to our next State of Pro Wrestling next month, right here on The Pop Culture Cosmos. Yeah.